You're getting two dudes talking about whatever they want to talk about. Sort of. Well, welcome back to Pipecast. An actual podcast episode. Oh, I know Lord. you guys are really enjoying our YouTube content. And if you're not... That's okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We're going to always be doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. This is the this is actually the more relaxing one because it's more free form. It seems like we're like a little bit more um, pointed. Yeah, and in the uh, in the filler episodes. Yeah, and one two, you don't have to worry about you know being on camera. I can pick my nose all I want to right now. I'm actually doing this episode naked, so I didn't want them to know that. Yeah, well, you know how it is. <laughs> So, how has it been over the last couple of weeks? Good? Things yeah. been good? Yeah, everything's been going well. You know, um, still just working from home, mm-hmm. which is good because it allows me more time probably to do a little bit more pipe smoking and stuff like that. Because I sort of set up a little thing outside where I can work and smoke at the same time and it sort of works pretty well. I, that's why I've been able to... <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> smoke a little bit more regularly, I guess, you gotcha. know, because for the past like two years or years, year and a half, whatever that we've been doing this, you know, it's been, I, I wouldn't have, I would never have called myself a regular pipe smoker. Right. But I mean, I'm pretty regular now, you know. It gets on you, man, mm-hmm. and then it's hard to get rid of it. I, it's funny you say that, this is sort of segueing a little bit already, but there's, there, I watched some videos, uh, particularly one guy. I think his name is something Brownleaf Beardsman. I think his name is, mm-hmm. and and um, somebody else. I can't remember who it was, but it's funny seeing people first getting in and how how deep they throw themselves into pipe tobacco. Like it's probably the deepest thing you can throw yourself into because it's so there's so much tobacco, there so many price ranges so many pipes and types of pipes that no matter what your budget is, you can throw yourself in pretty deep and sort of just go. And now there's so so much content out there about it. You know, you can pretty much YouTube any blend and be like, okay, let me see if I like this blend before I buy it. So it's just crazy how pipe tobacco is. Um, Is, you know, I'm trying to think of other hobbies that I've been into before, you know, like woodworking's a good one, uh, but I feel like you sort of need a bigger budget to really get into it. Yeah, you know, I was talking to someone the other day about different hobbies. I mean, it might have been you. And just, like, there is a certain price point to everything yeah. you had to get into. And uh, with tobacco, with everything, even with woodworking to a certain extent, too. Because you can do things like chip carving, which is relatively cheap. You mm-hmm. know, buy a couple of knives. And then, you know, just buy some blanks and begin practicing chip carving. But chip carving is so vastly different from, say, turning something on a lathe, like making wooden bowls. Yeah. Um, j- just the entry tool is yeah. going to be, yeah. I think if you even, you know, I mean, like, to especially a bowl. If you're talking about, like, anything, like, you know, a 12-inch bowl or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a 14 inch lathe, you're going to spend a grand automatic yeah, yeah. on that tool. Yeah. Um, but everything has that variance, the variation. Like uh, with pipe smoking, you know, you can get in for just the cost of tobacco and fifteen dollars on a corn cob. But like with everything that kind of has a 
a vice slash addiction element to it. And I'm not talking about just nicotine. I'm just talking about compulsory buying yeah. and yeah. kind of the love of the aesthetic of a pipe. Ah, man, it gets really expensive really quickly. Yeah, yeah. you can... I mean, I've, I've been one to do it. I know one time I, I bought a ton of tobacco and I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, you know, you make mistakes sometimes, but and you learn. I think that's the best learning tool, though, yeah. is just, so you know, there's kind of an ironic failing upward where yeah. you start to learn the blends and the things that you don't like and what you go away from. Yeah. Oddly enough, though, the things that you may not particularly like at the beginning, mm-hmm. you might actually turn towards yeah. towards more of a mature or towards the end of your pipe smoking. Yeah, I would agree. With, I would agree with that. Yeah, I've actually moved more <laughs> towards aromatics over the last you know, fourteen years of smoking a pipe than moving away from it. You know, mm, and yeah, uh, I like all tobacco. It's not. I'm not. I'm. I'm more inclusive than I used to be used to be it was like yeah you're smoking you know an aromatic you must be a noob or something like that and while there's probably a teensy bit of truth to that it's not the people who look down on aromatics they have you could tell where they are in their pipe smoking career it's like they've they've learned of Latakia and you know probably Oriental or Virginia and they're they're really excited and then sometimes excitement and the way you're sort of working through it especially like year two year three pipe smoker who doesn't have someone to kind of smoke along with there's a certain amount of snobbery that comes with it (laughs) and then by year seven the snobbery might have fallen off but you still don't venture back to those blends maybe you didn't like in the beginning or something like that they usually i feel like I find a lot of people start to revisit a lot of things about year 10 yeah. and they turn because I was a snob too. So like, don't, I'm not preaching. I'm telling, I'm asking you not to do that. If you're listening and you're a new pipe smoker and you're fixing the transition into your third year and you're, you're kind of looking down on aromatics, like you probably will end up returning to it in 10 years. Yeah. So just expect that <clears throat> those words to haunt you. I think. Yeah. Which I guess that's that's interesting for me because uh, you know, I'm sort of trying to picture where I will be because I never really started with your typical house blend aromatics. Um, I know the first blend I smoked was was it Blue Note? Is that what it is by Dan to me? Yeah. On your recommendation, but I don't really remember anything about it. And then you know I've had what was that Boswell one that I, I got a free sampling of? It. I think it was Peaches and Cream. Mm-hmm. And then we smoked Thanksgiving Day, and um, well, you also liked Northwoods. Yeah, yeah, that was like kind of how I helped transition you into Englishes, yeah. wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I know you. I know you gave me some of that Northwoods, and I, I enjoyed it. So I don't know if you know. It really won't be a coming back to aromatics for me. It'll, I guess, it'll just be a. Why don't we just try? But you know, I've had bosun cut. You know, and. Um, it's and, probably odd that you're buddied up with someone who's been smoking for more than a decade too. Yeah, and you have the you also you also have the added uniqueness. I don't want to say it's unique, but it's definitely minority that you are a big Lakeland person too. So you're yeah. a ten year smoker and you like Lakeland. 
I actually do think Lakeland is that that is probably the hardest jump. Yeah. And that makes sense. That's not, you know, I do. When I tell people that I like Lakeland and they go, should I try it? I go, you should try it in a corn cob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't like, because I swear there's some people who are so sensitive to specific flavors and they just can't let it go that it's in the pipe forever. Ghosting is a real thing, you know, but um, man, Lakeland, I... From what I gather, people who have very, very, very sensitive palates to things that they don't like, specifically like geranium and rose water, those kind of perfumey, soapy, if you will, flavors, man, like they will taste that till they die. Yeah. So, and there's not a lot you can do outside of like a salt treatment, a couple other, a couple other little things like that. I don't mind it. Granted, I've also sort of. I have pipes. I have universal pipes and I have Lakeland pipes, you know, vapor pipes, uh, and I have like straight English pipes. Okay. Um, and the way I always say it is, is like, you know, you can always smoke, like, you. it's hard to go in reverse. Um, if you smoke an English, it's going to be hard to go down to a Virginia component and not taste some Latakia. Oh. But you can always smoke a Virginia, if you're on in a pinch, you can smoke a Virginia blend inside a Latakia pipe because it's a Latakia pipe. It's going to take everything. Right. But if you smoke Latakia in a Virginia pipe, it might, it's probably going to ghost it. There's some people who are even more hardcore than that and they will only smoke one particular blend and you better love that blend if you're going to do that because you're dedicating, you know, what could be. Upwards of a couple hundred bucks to one thing that you smoke for the rest of your life, and that <clears throat> that's funny because you know I've I've sort of experimented with all those different types. You know, trying to dedicate a pipe to a certain blend, trying to dedicate a certain pipe to a certain style of blend, a blend category. And at this point in my pipe journey, uh, I sort of just smoke everything and everything. I don't really have anything dedicated other than uh like your you know uh brick and mortar uh aromatics <clears throat> whenever i do it's sort of it's either in a corn cob or it's going to be in that uh bones pipe that i have um but if it's if it's any kind of non-aromatic and i would even include the lakeland stuff like the normal lakeland not the lakeland aromatics but like full virginia flake and stuff like that those kind of lakeland i'll still smoke it in anything and what's interesting i told you this the other day i have never really noticed a Lakeland essence on full Virginia flake. Right. But then I, on tin note or on jar note, I guess I smoked or I, I smelled full Virginia flake and it smelled, it's normal, really rich, bready. That's just what I smell out of. It's real bready and I don't know, yeasty, I guess. But, and then I went and smoked or I smelled, uh, I think HH pure Virginia. And then I smelled, like a Latakia blend or a vapor blend and then a Latakia blend. And then I went back and smelled, you know, and, and I was sort of resetting myself. I was smelling my armpit or my elbow pit to help, you know, reset. Cause anytime you're trying to smell things and compare them, usually your own scent is a nice, uh, sort of like the ginger and like sushi, it's a palate cleanser kind of. So I, like I, I went back fresh on full Virginia flake and right then I smelled old lady purse. Or geranium things like that, and I had never smelt that in the in the jar note before. 
So it is interesting when you when you get in there and you're looking. And you'll hear that a lot with like tech reviews when people are talking about phones that have phones that run at like a 90 hertz or, or refresh rate or run at 120. They're like, you're not going to notice it really. It's really just a stat, a spec to help sell the phone because you're not really going to notice it until you're holding two phones next to one another. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of notice it. If you've never looked at a 120 hertz phone, you're going to be fine. <laughs> you know, it's one of those kind of things. You, you don't notice the differences until you put them side by side. Right. Kind of. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like, like if I were to recommend, I'd say stick to, if you're going to dedicate pipes, stick to blends, not, not specific blends, but blend types. Like yeah. stick to vapor, stick to English, stick to yeah. Balkan, whatever, you know, and then you can always go in reverse. <clears throat> you're never going to tamper. You're yeah. not going to contaminate, you know, if, if let's say there's a kitchen sink style of blending where it's just got everything. Um, you're not going to contaminate it by smoking a Virginia no. because it's had Virginia in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, along with X, Y, Z. Yeah. But I definitely wouldn't go in reverse. But I have universal pipes that I smoke everything in. And honestly, as long as you're regularly just not reaming, reaming, not deep cleaning, but if mm-hmm. you, as long as you kind of scrape the bowl and you make sure all the excess dottle and everything's out and you're taking care of it and you're running pipe cleaners through it, you're not going to have a lot of issue yeah. tasting some things. And sometimes... It's nice when I have a blend, say, of Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. And I smoke it in a universal pipe and I get a twinge of Latakia or something. It's like, oh, okay, that's kind of nice. It breaks it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Now, sort of to dive into the meat of this this episode, we smoked vapor coins Mm -hmm. over the last, well, probably since Christmas. I've been smoking pretty much medallions. Yeah, for a hot minute now. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, it's the reason why I'm not smoking vapor blend right now, because <laughs> I'm sick of just like going through each one yeah, and then yeah. smoking them blind. We'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. So sort of to start it off with, there was four that we sort of deemed, you know, the 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 contenders, and uh, it was of course a Scudo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peterson Dunhill uh, Deluxe Navy Roll, yep. um, Peter Heinrich's Curly Block, and then Peter Stokeby's Luxury Bullseye Flake. Um, and, you know, that's a good, it's a good range of prices and um, styles, like the way they come, you know, the way they're prepared and the way you buy them. But I think it gives a, it, it's very intriguing. Now, I don't know, how do you want to do this? I smoked each one knowing what each one was and sort of tried to put a grade on it. And I smoked them in various pipes just to make sure there was no kind of, you know, there was no pipe influence, you know, but mostly Briar. I, I didn't, I didn't smoke any in a Mearsham and I think Mia smoked, I don't think I smoked any in a corn cob either. It was all Briar. But they're all different shapes and, and manufacturers. Now, Zach, you smoked them blind. You didn't even didn't, know which one which I one. I didn't know which was what to try to dis- determine um, what would be the best medallion yeah, vapor. And, I have them ranked. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'm set to talk about them. I will, I will rank them, no problem. Um, but there will be some caveats along the way. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about some price points variation and what you as a consumer might want to get based on those kind of assumptions. I do have a taste ranking. Okay. 
And then I have what I consider to be a market ranking. I sort of have the same thing. So do you want to do yours first or you want me to go through it first? Well, I can go ahead if you'd like. Go ahead. Okay. I'll, okay. I probably will be... It'll almost sound like I'm copying you because we, we probably came to similar conclusions. I have a feeling we did. Maybe, yeah. But the, similar ideas, but maybe the one blend was a different, took rank over another or something, but similar reasons why we went ways we did. But right. go ahead, go ahead. So we're going to talk about taste first. So by doing a blind, I ranked one through four. Curly Block was number one. Okay. All right. Number two... Uh, was Dunhill Navy Deluxe or Peterson Navy Deluxe rolls. Yeah. Number three was a Scudo, and number four was Peter Stokerby's. And you rubbed them out. And I rubbed them out. There's no way of me telling. And they were in a plastic bag, and I was pretty much just, I wouldn't even look at the tobacco too much. I was afraid I was going to see like a Cavendish core or something that was going to ruin it, but they were rubbed out and crushed, and I pretty much stuffed it blind. I have a pretty much, I don't have to think too much about packing a pipe. I can pretty much pack a pipe blind. So I would just sort of feel around for the tobacco and then, you know, and, to, and for you guys that don't understand, my wife put them in bags. She knew what they were so like I could just rank them and, you know, so I smoked over the course of a couple of days and then I just said, you know, this one, this one, this one, that's what I liked. And she goes, well, here's what you liked. So that's how that came about. So Curly Block ended up being my favorite um, by far. Um, I think it's just it's 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 all about quality tobacco. It's about the perfect balance between Virginia and Perique, and I think it just has a much more uh, pleasant smoke to Curly Block. It's breadier. It's got like that twinge of spice, but just above twinge that I really like. Mm. Um, it's not overly sweet. It, it just, it really is complex and just, it's, it's the perfect coin. I really, really like it. And I, and I, I, I had a sense that going into it that I was actually going to like Curly Block the best. Um, but I, I couldn't be a hundred percent sure. It does yeah. feel like between the four that the quality of tobacco is just it's just so far ahead of the other three that it would be impossible not to pick it at, for a flavor profile. The next being Dunhill uh, or Peterson Deluxe Navy. Smoked it a long time. It's very good. It has qualities that are similar to Curly Block. Touch sweeter. Actually, it's probably the sweetest outside of uh, the Stokeby blend. Um, it is... You know, it's rich. It's very good. I really enjoy it. Scudo is going to be what I consider. Number three, it's also a mainline vapor. Uh, everyone can get a Scudo. It's always there. It's always amazing. Uh, it's just that the tobaccos just don't touch Curly Block in terms of quality. And then finally, Peter Stokeby, which, you know, is still a great blend. I would smoke it, no problem. But, I mean, it's just compared to the other three, you know, it's definitely a fourth place for me. Doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah. It's very smokable, extremely enjoyable. I find that it burns a little bit harsher than the other three if you smoke it a little heavier, which I do. So that could be a fault of my own. 
Um, but very reasonable when you smoke it light. Now, that is what we consider a ranking based on taste. Yeah. Now, that does not take into account cost. It does not take into account availability. It does not take into account just, I want to smoke something that is going to give me this general impression. I'm not going to have a palate that's nuanced enough. So with all those things kind of in my mind, mm -hmm. I ranked them based on what I think was the best purchase for a consumer. Okay. And this is how I ranked them. Number one is a Scudo. A Scudo is the most middle of the road vapor like medallion that you can purchase. It has quality tobacco. It's very rounded. It's not too sweet. It's not too bready. It's just such a wonderful medallion mm -hmm. to smoke. Um, I really like it. It's, uh, it's not costly. Um, and it's always available. I can always find it. So, you know, I think number one is a Scudo in terms of just like all around mm -hmm. contender. It's just pound <clears> for pound. Just it's accessible. It's tasty. It's always there. It's it's always the same blend. There's no super crazy variation or anything like that. Number two ends up being Stokeby. Okay. Stokeby is also, uh, even though I think that the quality of the tobacco is a little lacking, that doesn't mean, when I say that, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that it is terrible tobacco. What I'm saying is, is that it lacks the fullness, the complexity, the quality of the other three with that in mind stokeby is always tasting the same mm. it's always been there it'll always be there i don't think it's changed much in i mean like i guess for all of them they haven't changed that much but i mean like stokeby is a, it's a mainstay it's also super economic yeah. it's always available i mean you can pretty much go into pipe shops and find stokeby's in jars yep yep Stokeby is the most cost-efficient vapor medallion that you can get. Mm -hmm. You could get an ounce, you can get upward of a pound, and it's still going to be cheaper than the other three. Yep. I imagine if you bought three tens, you can't really compare it that way for curly block, but let's say the equivalency, you can buy probably six tens of Stokeby's over the other two. That's how cheap it is. Yeah. And it's not cheap in quality either. The quality isn't as high. But it's still a good smoke. Yeah, it's still uh, passable. Yep. Uh, number three is Curly Block. Now, <laughs> this is a weird one because Curly Block and Dunhill have a common issue in that they're so expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, but Curly Block has better flavor, and the amount of coinage that you get out of Curly Block is even though it's like it runs you about 80 bucks for a block yeah which how many how I mean, many grams I mean, it's like 200 grams okay. so i think or no 250 grams okay and i think that equates to about five six tens you know i think yeah because 100 grams equals to about three and a half ounces so it's you're so talking, it's about five. If I were to buy, yeah. and the reason why that, that beats it out, even though you have to shell out 80 bucks, if I were to buy five tens of Dunhill, which cost me like 25 to $30 a piece, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to cost more than the Curly Block. And everything about the Curly Block tobacco is actually better. Yeah. Um, so 
quality, you know, in this case, and I would get more quantity in this case too. So curly block beats out Dunhill. It's not, it's not, you have to save for it. But imagine if you're going through several, several tens of medallions, this would be the way to go. Um, it's also fussier. I do not like cutting blocks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, it's miserable. But uh, <laughs> if you can get past cutting um, a block of tobacco and the initial cost, which is significantly cheaper, it might actually be on par with the Scudo. Mm. But it is significantly cheaper than Dunhill. Significantly cheaper. Um, then, yeah, that would be the way to go for Curly Block. And then, of course, last from for just like the overall is Dunhill. Uh, really top quality tobacco. Super expensive for no reason. Yeah. There's no reason why. Because I think STG produces mm -hmm. Peterson and they produce a Scudo. Yeah, yeah. There is no reason. The Scudo and Dunhill Deluxe are so similar, minus the fact that Dunhill is a little richer, a little sweeter. There's no reason why I should be spending 25 to 30 bucks on a 10 of that. Yeah, yeah. And for that, Dunhill, as much as it's fun to smoke it occasionally, it is not worth the cost. Hmm. So that's my ranking. I think Curly Block, in terms of taste, just, just pound for pound, just beats the crap at everybody in a blind test. Yeah. And then, to be fair, a Scudo, it, a just a Scudo. I mean, yeah. just get, I would never. There's an opportunity probably in the future for me to buy another curly block, and I would because I like it that much. Yeah. But I don't smoke it enough to justify. Uh, if I I don't smoke it enough, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this where it makes sense. I don't smoke it enough that this probably isn't going to be an issue for another six years. That's how much curly block I have left over. Okay. So, like, you know, if I, you know, <clears throat> six years, what's well, 80 divided by six, you know, I mean, like, you know, I'm spending like 10 bucks a year. I can justify that for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that, yeah, that's your breakdown is very similar to sort of how I approached it. Um, there might be a little bit of differences. So, going in, I sort of thought that it was going to be curly block and then a scudo was going to be the next one as far as fl flavor and then and then uh dunhill and then stokeby that's sort of my that was what i was thinking going in and again i didn't go in blind so there is a, a level of knowing what you're smoking involved in my ranking which is what we wanted we wanted a little bit of variety here so i'd say based on flavor so i i would have to say Curly Block is the better one, although I did not feel that much of a difference between it and across the others. Um, and, you know, I smoked each one anywhere from three to six times, and again, in various pipes. And um, I don't want to knock Curly Block too much, but it was the first one. I started with it. And based on my initial rankings when I ranked them, I did not rank it as favorably, but upon, you know, finishing smoking all of them, uh, I had to come back and think, well, maybe I didn't, you know, I was sort of creating a base and I need to adjust it for that. So in taste, I would, I would say Curly Block is one. Ironically, I would then, or not ironically, but just, I guess in, um, 
just to be different, or not to be different, but just in the essence of being different, I felt that um, Stokely was the next best one oh, in okay. flavor. And then it was Dunhill Peterson, and then Escudo was my least favorite in flavor. They were all very similar, though. I, I don't want to stretch that. They were all so close. But, yeah, so it was, it was a set, you know, it was a different setup ranking, but that's sort of where it fell. So it was Curly Block, Stokeby, Dunhill, Escudo. And then I, and then so what I came around to thinking was if cost is, is a, is an issue or budget is an issue, not necessarily an issue, but if you are just cost or budget minded. And then also preparation, right? Um, because Escudo and Dunhill both come in tens, so that's pretty what most people do. Stoker becomes bulk, and then uh, Curdy Block comes in that big block. You could consider it bulk as well, but yeah. there is no you. You don't get options no. of the bulk. You get the one. The bulk. one. Yeah. So taking all that into consideration, this is how I would sort of sum it all up. If if you're only if you want to get a vapor, a vapor coin, and you want to get it at the lowest point possible, get Peter Stokeby. Just as simple as that. If you if you don't want to shell out too much and you want an easy the lowest cost point, not yeah. the lowest quality or no, anything no, no, no. like that. In my, from my experience, the quality was very similar across the board for me. Okay. I did not notice a difference in quality of tobacco. All I noticed was changes to the flavor profile. Um, so that, so my ranking was based on flavor profile, not necessarily quality because I don't think I'm experienced enough to even catch that. He is, but he, he doesn't want to admit to it. He's, no, he's no, got no. good, he's got good sensibility. So secondly, okay. So, so, so if you're talking, if you don't want to shell out a lot of money at one time and you want to be the most cost effective, get Peter Stoker. If. And if you don't want to have to do any kind of extra preparation to smoke it, if you want to get it and then load it in your pipe right then, Peter Stokeby, there you go. If you want the most cost effective and you don't mind shelling too much and you don't mind extra preparation, like if you get a whole block of curly block and you're, you're like, as soon as I get it, I'm going to slice it up and I'm going to put it in a jar, then get curly block. And, you know, it, it has the extra benefit of being, you know, a, really good tasting one now okay so you set those aside if you want just old-fashioned just get a tin and cellar it up or you know you just want to buy tins if that's your thing then I would get a scudo because there is no justification in my mind <clears throat> if that's what you want to get Dunhill there because I think at the time that I was looking at them the prices on Online retailers were, I think a Scudo was like 11 and some change for, for a 50, 50 gram Tim. And then Deluxe Navy Roll was 17 something, almost 18 for a 50 gram Tim at that point in time. So that, that was about a month ago. And like I said, I was basing my <clears throat> costs on a pipe shop, like yeah, a brick yeah, and mortar. Yeah, yeah. So, so the prices I just said, maybe add about five bucks to it. And, and then that gives you your brick and mortar kind of thing. So I really don't think there is any justification. Like, so if you're, if you're cost effective, 
budget minded and you don't want to prepare any kind of extra preparation <clears throat> other than filling up your pipe, go Stokeby. If you don't mind preparation and you want to get the best bang for your buck, get Curly Block. If you just want to get a tin and, and you want to get decent, if you want to get good quality tobacco, get a Scudo. There's absolutely no justification for me to get Dunhill Deluxe Navy Roll at all. And that's sort of where I came down to. That was my coming. Now, I will do another a, a little caveat. I hated this whole experience. <laughs> no, I didn't hate it because anytime you're smoking a pipe is a good time. But I just got tired of vapors. And I, I don't know if it was just my palate has changed. Though I will say I have smoked, at this point in time, in this video, I am smoking Windjammer. Um, and I like Windjammer a lot. But it is a Navy cut. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it has some rum, Cavendish, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I had just... And Burley. Yeah. So it's not just going to be, it's not just a straight vapor. Yeah, and, you know, at the time of this video, I've, you know, I've smoked some Orlick, and... I like Orlick a lot. Again, it is a, you know, it's a, it's a flake cut. It's not a medallion, but I like it a lot. So I don't necessarily think it's uh, <clears throat> what, and I've had Elizabethan, Elizabethan before, but it's been a minute and I can't really give a good uh, opinion on its flavor and, and what I think of the taste, but I'm just not into vapor coins. I, I don't think, uh, not at this point in time. I don't think, I don't know. I, I just got, got tired of it, which was strange because I already felt that way. So I smoked Curly Block first and then I smoked a Scudo and I was like, I was halfway through and I was just like, I don't know if I can get through this. But then I smoked Dunhill and I smoked uh, Stokeby and I was like, oh, these are fine. I mean, like yeah, I, it sort of brought me back to it. And then I smoked another thing of a Scudo or I just went back to a Scudo. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So I don't know. I, I, it was sort of a weird transition period. It was a weird time for me to, I guess, be gauging and, and judging these blends. But I still, I don't think that that taints my opinion, though, of that, you know, if you really just want to get a no-nonsense, if you don't want to have any kind of fuss, and you like the tins, just get a Scudo. You know, at the end of the day, fall back, get you some Scudo. But if you, but if you are cost-minded, cost there's no problem getting Peter Stokeby. Right. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with Peter Stokeby. I'm no. trying to make that clear. I definitely think that, I think the Peterson Dunhill, the Scudo and Stokeby are so similar mm -hmm. that it's hard to really narrow down. Yeah. You know, there are some quality differences and you can taste them. Um, you had to smoke excruciatingly slow. <laughs> yeah and you have to be really minded about like what you smoked last time and what considering how marginal now i say those three are marginal now to me curly block is far and above better yeah. i can not i can taste a difference okay i know that there's a difference in that mm -hmm. particular blend I, I don't know what it is it must be the tobacco is there burley in there a t tinge of burley in curly block there might be because I want to say there was <clears throat> there were some differences, and the only two that were solely Virginia Perique were Scudo and Peterson. Yeah, I think Stokeby has like what a Cavendish eye. Yeah, the core, and which is, yeah, that, that's what I was sort of getting to is even the coins themselves have a tinge of a different look because Stokeby has the bullseye core or the the Cavendish core. 
a Scudo has a tighter Perique core. Dunhill seems to be very evenly spread out. And then Curlock's evenly spread out, but I think it's got a tinge of Burley in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Burley. But, that sounds uh, right. But either way, so, so on, on visual, there are some differences. And usually you can tell the difference from curly block because you have to slice it yourself. So you're gonna you're probably gonna get a little bit of a thicker slice mm-hmm. unless you've got some kind of precision machinery that you know that you can use. But yeah, which I do not have. <laughs> so yeah, I, but I think we both sort of came to a similar opinion that a scudo is a, a good one because it's it, it isn't it is a nice cost enough. It's it's cost friendly enough, and it's always available. Scooter does exactly what you want it to do. <clears throat> yeah. But then Stoker B is fine. it's rounded for everybody. I don't think there's any reason to escalate beyond a Scooter if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there, there is the, the portion of the hobby that is, you know, searching for the perfect tobacco. If you are one of those, get Curly Block. Start there. Everything else is readily available. Just get yeah. the Curly Block first. Smoke it and then decide. If you're one of those, I have to smoke everything kind of people, like I am. I'm always on the quest for like that perfect thing. Have I found it? Mm, I've got some ranked, but I don't think I'll ever be able to find the perfect tobacco. Yeah. Well, and your chase is, your taste is always changing. So any time that you're on a quest like that, and I'm not saying those types of quests or those kind of people who are on those quests are full-hearted, but I will say that it sort of is hard to ever find the perfect blend since your chain your your taste is changing your opinions well change. i think when you're yeah you're right when you're dealing with something um if you're smoking over the course of a decade or two yeah you age you change your palate lessens uh you know as you get older it's actually harder to taste things that's why there's an old mm. video or something I read about like the reason why you know people of an upper age uh, eat those really concentrated sugar candies. You know the red ones or the oh, yeah. or the, or the um, butterscotch ones. And stuff oh yeah. Like this. yeah, because that their their taste buds actually aren't as sensitive as ours. Oh, okay. uh, At a younger age. Oh, okay. That's interesting. You know, so you will have effectively aged out of probably certain blends. Mm. So, you, you know, you, it is sort of a fool's errand. Yeah, yeah. But it's my favorite fool's errand. Yeah, I mean, it it's a, one of those things where the journey is always more fun than the than the end, you know, than the conclusion. You you do it for the, the enjoyment of just having a challenge, kind of. Yeah, and if, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, that's, it's all about the enjoyment. And if you don't enjoy it, luckily you probably can hone in on the type of thing that you want to smoke all the time or you don't have to go on that journey. There are tons of reasonably middle of the ground or high end middle ground. When I say high end, not necessarily cost, but just quality tobacco that you can buy that is always going to be pretty amazing. As a matter of fact, I can point to one blender GLPs and say, if you just stick to GLPs blends, you're probably going to be fine. You don't really need to venture out uh, from Pease's umbrella. You can stay away from Cornell and Dill. You can stay away from Samuel Galwath or Galwath and Hogarth. You can stay away from uh, Germain and Sons. Dunhill, Peterson, all those. Yep, STG. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're like, I like all of those things, but I think Pease really has a pretty good 
grasp on how to blend. And I think that if you were just to stick within his marketed tobaccos, I don't think you'd be disappointed. He no. blends quality things. And he does other things under the Drucker and Sons brand. And he, you know, he has the GLPs lines with like the Fox City or the old London series. Yeah. Um, yeah. All amazing. I started smoking peas blends, you know, a decade ago mm. or more, and they've always been quality, and I've never thought that they were poorly, you know, blended or anything yeah. like that, uh, which is surprising uh, that someone can be, you know, as successful as that. Yeah. Um, across the board. Not everything's going to be a home run for me, but um, who is, you know? Yeah. Um, Ken Byron's been really successful, and he's a small batch guy, but his blends are incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, the, it's going to vary based on your taste, but I think if you were just to stay within that one market, I think you'd be totally fine. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, I really enjoyed sort of, like, I enjoyed the idea of what we did. Like I said, I sort of got a little frustrated with the vapor coins halfway through. But again, any day you can take time to relax and smoke a pipe is not a bad day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so I enjoy this. And, you know, we we plan to do a couple more little shootouts, little uh, little. I battles. like returning to them every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, just because it's nice to have that in the books. Like, oh, yeah. I remember, you know, especially if in 10 years from now, I don't like, you know, Curly Block. Yeah. It'd be interesting to listen to this episode again and see how I basically disagree. Yeah, because, I mean, you could probably, you know, because we did a, um, we did a vapor to bracketology uh, last year, or uh, the first season, and two of the blends that we're talking about were in there, and... Um, it, it, I bet you, you could go back to even that episode and find some, not I wouldn't call them inconsistencies, just evolutions <laughs> of just being a human, you know, sort of the... Sure. Um, yeah. It's it's actually incredibly rare for me to smoke something and just be like, this is just terrible. Yeah, yeah. I like tobacco too much to just discredit something outright. I think mm. the closest I've ever gotten was Thanksgiving Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which doesn't start out bad. It just finishes poorly. Yeah. Um, yeah, which then is funny because when you experience a blend like that, it's all that more surprising when you run into a, what was it, uh, Golden Days of Yore. Right. Where it starts off, or at least in that one, starts off a little funny, but then it, it just finishes out real nicely. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's all part of the experience that's... I think a, a percentage of what brings you into any kind of hobby, you know, it's the how right. things change. Yeah. Well, I mean, Thanksgiving Day really is should be aiming towards what Golden Days of Yore created. Yeah. And I think the reason why Golden Days of Yore is so successful is because they don't just use Burley. Yeah, they don't just uh, flavor Burley or yeah. Black Cavendish. They just they put in good good components. And that's the key. An aromatic. For those who hate aromatics, like I mentioned earlier, look for aromatics that actually blend in tobacco mm. and elevate the Virginia, the Latakia, the Oriental, the Burley, instead of smothering and covering it with cheap tobacco. Uh, that's the problem. Most people start out with really cheap aromatics, 
and mm-hmm. they're really they really want cherry they don't want tobacco yeah once you start to transition you realize that a flavor can actually elevate the tobacco itself without completely smothering and dissolving it or mm-hmm. the tobacco just being flat at the end of the bowl anyway mm. well i I don't really think there's much more we can say about vapor coins. <laughs> Not really. Uh, I mean, I think this was a good experiment and probably one I'd like to return to in several years. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe there there could be more offerings on the table, you know, maybe potentially. But I, I don't think there's that many more Virginia Perique medallions. Not that I'm aware uh, of. Nothing, nothing large. I know that, so Heinrich has a coin that's not Virginia Perique called Curly Cut, and they're smaller. And then in the same vein, Samuel Galwith has Cavie's Mixture. Yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about Cavie's Mixture. But it's a little bit but, different. But they're also smaller. Oh, the smaller. And yeah. The, yeah, because they're a little looser. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a little looser made, so. Um, it's almost like they, it's almost like they took the broken flake approach to a medallion. Like they cut a medallion and they tumbled it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, and I haven't smoked Cappy's mixture, but I've you know, I've watched reviews on it. And it's all right. It's not bad. It's not. It's relatively great. new. I mean, like if I were to ask if someone would offer me Cappy's mixture or say St. James, I would take St. James. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, well, you know, uh, we hope you enjoyed this little adventure of ours, and uh, we also hope that you enjoy some of the extra content that we've been putting out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all been fun for us, so hopefully it's fun for you guys, yeah. too. Well, like I said, like you guys should definitely check out these blends if you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And once again, thank you for joining us. Yeah. We'll holler at y'all later. See y'all.